0: A show.
1: Hi, this is Jeffrey Gaines, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones.
0: Radio
1: 8-Ball, give
0: us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Wherever you are, putting questions with the songs. Synchronicity Now it's time
2: Hello. Hello, John. Yep. This is Andras.
1: Hey, Andras. What's happening?
2: Well, I'm sitting here in the studio with Dead Rock West, and usually this is the point where I explain how this works to the person, but we don't need to, because you're returning. So, (laughs) I'm just going to jump right into it. Jump into it. Hey! Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, here in the studio at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California, with Dead Rock West. Hi, guys. Hello. That's uh, Dead Rock West, and they have curated this show amazingly. Amazingly. And uh, now uh, we are joined by a return guest, uh, someone we're really excited to have back. Welcome back to the realm of the pop oracle, John Doe.
1: Good evening from Texas.
2: Texas. Where in Texas? Austin. Austin, Texas. Sweet. Sweet. Yep. How do you know this, this Dead Rock, these Dead Rock Westerns? I know, but I'll tell our listeners how you all
1: uh i think i was introduced to cindy through uh a guy from san diego named gregory page and um, second gregory page
2: reference of the show we love him
1: yeah um god i don't know how long ago that was cindy 15 years ago oh yeah something like that
2: 2002 maybe i don't know
0: something like that i met you when you were producing gregory's record so what year was that? Oh yeah. That was in the nineteen hundreds. That's true, it was in the nineteen hundreds. Java perhaps. Joes. Java Fam- Joe's famous <laughs> Java <laughs> Joes. hmm <laughs> Where a so minute. much good stuff is happening. Oh yeah. It's still happening there. Now yeah. which yep. now which iteration of Java this is the Java Joes at the church? This is reiteration number two, so this is on the corner there in Ocean Beach. Yeah, I love that. That was the best one. That was my favorite. Yeah. And
2: yeah. yeah. So uh, and then you work together on this new record.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, The uh, More Love record just kind of happened, they were putting together songs and they asked me if I would produce it, and I never take producing uh, jobs that I don't absolutely love, uh, the people and the songs, and I did. So they were good enough to to ask me to, to be the objective voice.
2: And I love when we have a producer on with the artist because everyone has a different process for how that goes. And we don't don't have to go too deeply into it, but I'm kind of curious. Uh, So I guess I'll I'll start with you, Frank. When you, because you're as a songwriter, I'm always interested as a songwriter, when you invite a producer into, when you have that relationship, and you already had known each other for a while, you had a previous relationship, right? Yes. So what, like, the first time you got together as producer and songwriter... What was that? Did you have like a game plan of like I want it to sound like this, or what do you like? What, how how did that well, f- initial thing start?
0: That's a good question. We 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 toured. We were touring with X as a duo, and uh, there was a lot of time in the van, mm-hmm. and and time before shows, hanging out backstage, and um, you know, I was kind of <laughs> uh, quietly sneaking songs to John's ear. Um, that I was writing and recording and and going like, oh, what do you think about this? You know, maybe uh, maybe you could, could consider. Uh, I don't know, what do you think about? You know. And, but uh, <laughs> aside from that, you know, I, it wasn't a really big leap for us because Cindy's, you know, sung with John for for thirteen, fourteen years at least now, right? And um, yep. and and we all we're all good friends and and there's a connection. There's a there's a you know there's a personal connection that's strong and um and uh, on top of the fact that I think. You know, Cindy and I understand where John's coming from and he he knows where we're coming from. He's seen us play loads of times and so, you know, he was he was he was just such a, a natural choice. Um, we didn't really have to, you know, really even do pre production because just his his presence there uh, added so much because he was like the the ship guider person, you know, and, and helped just and uh, and immensely.
2: I'm, and I'm like, so I'm loving this record. I've told you, like I got this big this care package from Omnivore Records, and I just digit I just put them all into my phone and just I like, listen to everything on random because I'm the synchronicity guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I wouldn't like I had this I had developed this relationship with Dead Rock West when whenever there was a song that I was like, well that's just particular. I really like that one, and I'd pick it up and look at my phone. It's like ah that's going to be a dead rock west <laughs> and they're just like they're so they're dark but they're 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 easy but they're not e- like they're emotionally they're they're emotionally powerful but sonically you just like drop right in there and i'm curious is there any one particular song where you were like oh well as a like i came with it this this way and then john had this idea as a producer that it became another song in the studio
0: than you thought it would. totally I, yeah. there was a there was a, a number of those times yeah, John would say. Really? Yes. Yeah, oh, I mean, for instance, there was, there was a boundless, fearless love on the on the end part where we roll over each other. Yeah, uh, the vo- vocals roll over the two different lines. Um, right. Nail gun, where um, where, uh, which was really a song that I'd written some time ago, and Cindy said, "Hey, I want us to try to do that song. Let's try to arrange it for us." We got in the studio, and it was cool, but. Uh, You know, you said, "Hey, why don't you repeat, repeat that one line? You know, the da, and uh, do it twice." And uh, you mentioned something about Ray Manzarek teaching that to you. And as soon as we did that and performed it that way with the band, the song took on, it went on to a completely different level. And I remember that, and like, whoa, that made a big difference. I love when that happens. That was a John Doe move.
2: Sweet, sweet. It <laughs> uh, could be a T-shirt. That was a John Doe that's, move. That's it. I like. You that. know what? So, but it might be taken. It might be taken wrong. That's like, okay. That's true. Was that a John Doe move? <laughs> 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 I mean, people will know. I think because it's, it's implied that it's cool, but someone doesn't know. So, <laughs> John, thinking of you as the coming in as a producer, was there one song that you felt like, oh, like I don't? Sometimes when I approach production stuff. There's a. I get really excited about one particular song, and it's almost like I have to let go of it because I know if I get too excited about wanting it to be a certain way, it'll. I can muck it up. Was there any song that was the first one that jumped off the demo to you that you were like, "Oh, this is the one that I know I can either I know I can deal with or I I feel challenged by."
1: Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, I'd, I'd heard two or three of them as we were touring, so I'd heard them live, and and that was um. A good window into the into the most stripped down version of them. Um, I I felt that way about all of them. I, I was um, there were a couple that that were out of my grasp at first. Um, one of them, which didn't actually make the <laughs> make the record, um, and <laughs> which um, one's that? The uh, you know the one that the, drive me uh, out was, of my mind.
0: Was, it, it came out you know, whatever. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Speak. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just
2: no.
1: Uh, What was the one that didn't make the uh... drive me out of my mind? Drive me out of my mind. Drive me out of my mind. Yeah. Tune. Yeah. Yeah. Is that available on the on the CD or something?
0: That's available on Mars only.
1: On Mars.
0: The first person to Mars is going to get a historic. Or you should have it as
1: as uh, extra content. You know, everyone loves the uh, the bonus track.
0: Yes. uh, Yeah. In
1: the download world. Um. But, you know, I, I just knew that, that there were, um, like, a, a five to eight songs that were great songs. And the first time I, um, when they recorded, um, oh, should, I should have the record in front of me, um, the flow uh, the, the one that Cindy sings. Oh, singing, singing. on the telephone. Uh, yes. Singing on the telephone. When they recorded that, I cried. Literally cried in the studio and thought, I don't care if anybody sees me. This is a beautiful song and it made me cry. I love that. So I just, you know, my whole thing with producing is to stay out of the way and just to um, get a good, uh, uh, you know, situation where people feel confident and they feel safe and uh, and can turn out good performances, and Cindy and Frank sang together uh, most of the time, like Exene and I did, and we would just do uh, a couple of takes and then pick through it and pick the best take, and we would use, you know, 70 to 80% of, of each take. Um, we, I, I can't stand the way that people chop up uh, vocal performances, and I can I can yeah. sort of hear it, but it's just the process is just so... Um, Antithetical to a like performance. You're telling a story. So, what fucking story are you telling? (laughs) (laughs) And that's John. that's,
0: That's for me. But that's where you were. You were of such great value. Is is that you were you were able to to go on singing on the telephone? For instance, it was the first time the band played it, and he went done. Next song. And I, you know, I by nature I'm going to go. Well, can't we have at least six or seven more tries? Yeah, you know, um, and and he was really good about keeping a pace. You know, where where uh, that direction was. He, I just, you know, you were really good with that because we could have got hung up in areas where we didn't. But
1: yeah. You know. So, uh, oh, that's the, that's the, uh, to, to me, that's the hardest thing to, uh, to achieve in, in making a record is staying in touch with your intuition, because mm-hmm. it's really all about intuition. I mean, does it seem right? <laughs> if it seems right, then it probably is. And if it seems wrong, it probably is wrong. You know, if there's something that's that gnawing, uh, like, mm, oh, wow, and it's down in your gut, then it's probably wrong.
2: Well, I think that there's a whole sort of lineage, quality, just in music in general. So, like, you produce them, and we're talking about what made you a good producer for them. But before you were producing them, you've worked with multiple producers. Was there any one producer who you feel like, (laughs) we can hear you chomping there, John? (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's okay. I just you a little know, snack. It's okay. You know, we have a lot of we have a lot of weird <laughs> listeners. We have some chomp fetishists who are gonna like sample just that. To make it
0: real. They'll love it. I, they'll love it, it.
2: I just wanted to let you know. Like for you know, bet good bet good consent rabbit, and now. all this. So mm-hmm. no, but I'm curious, is there like a producer who you feel like you ex- really did the same thing for you? Like when you go into a session working yeah. with a band like yeah, this, it was, Ray,
1: like, it was Ray Manzarek.
2: Who's Who's Ray Manzer I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Yes, uh, of Rayman course, Ray Manzarek of the Doors. he, did, yes. he yes.
1: did the first four records of X, and um, and his main thing was to tell the story, and to get a good performance, and not to fix anything that's not broken. because um, really, I I uh, uh, it's another thing I disagree with is is the and and I guess it works is that whole, you um, uh, method of, of keeping people off balance and, and, and making people play instruments that they're uncomfortable with. And I guess it can work, but I just feel like, you know, uh, feeling safe, feeling, uh, uh, confident and, and like you're the best person to be doing what you're doing is invaluable. So,
2: you know, I, and I have to ask because as someone who has worked very successfully as an actor and as a musician and I would imagine working with directors I worked in both fields as well and so something about working with a really great director it's like the producer the, the way you're describing being a producer sounds yes. like the description of a really great director in a way yes. like it's not knob twisting it's not a bunch of technical stuff and tricks it's about great casting and then creating a vibe is there is yeah. there like a are there directors you've worked with who like you feel like are, like have that same quality?
1: Uh, yeah, Allison Anders for sure. Nice. She uh, she really believes in in the people that she works with, and she encourages them and and makes them feel you know safe enough to take chances. Um, and then uh, Ulu Grosbard, who did that movie Georgia he he didn't uh, with Jennifer Jason Lee and Mare Winningham. He didn't direct that many movies, but that was one of them. Uh-oh. I got to work with him, and and he definitely made made me feel as though I was the 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 right person to be leading this band and um to illustrate what Frank was saying about doing singing on the telephone there was a scene in Georgia where where I um uh Jennifer Jason Lee's character is really drunk and 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 she's like on the point of passing out and I'm not uh, and I'm not sure if she maybe is uh uh taking heroin too and so i I put her in the bathtub and I kind of like just dump her into the bathtub and everyone's ready on the sidelines with towels and you know in case they have to do another take they have to dry her off and they have to have a new um, slip for her to wear and all this kind of stuff and um, Ulu is not looking through the, through. A, there was no monitor because they didn't really have that technology then and um, he's just watching the scene and he watches it and I throw in the bathtub and he goes, great, moving on. <laughs> and everyone looks around like, aren't you going to just do another one? Because it was on film. Aren't you going to do another one for quote unquote safety? Right. Uh, and stuff like that. And it's like, no, it's time to go. Because <laughs> he was confident. He was sure that it was the right one. So,
2: Well, I want to tell you a really funny little synchronicity before we get to your question. Because when you mentioned the film Georgia, <clears throat> I have a crazy relationship with that film. Uh, in that right be like when uh, Jennifer was writing that, I acted in a film with her for the American Film Institute that was directed by her boyfriend at the time, Steve Shaneberg, who directed secretary and for the uh, imaginary biography of Deanne Arbus, which is a great film. I highly recommend for people to check it out. Huh. Anyway, so I had a band, this band, Mr. Jones, in the previous, and we were playing I remember we were playing a show at The Palomino, and she and her mother, who w- wrote the script together, came right. and they interviewed us to about like a for like in like inside oh information about the band and so then later on when they were casting it they had a harmonica player in it whose name was Clay and our band our harmonica player was Clay, Clay Goldstein. Uh, He actually, he used to be, he moved out to LA after he got kind of famous in Baltimore as the bird. He was the bird for the Baltimore Orioles when they won the World Series in like 1980. He's a really amazing, super interesting guy. And he auditioned multiple times to play himself in it and then eventually... They went with oh a, a cooler musician. <laughs> but I've always right. felt this kind of this, this sweet, Whoa. intimate relationship with that <laughs> film because I know that in their mind, they were pulling stuff from our band. We didn't have... The, we had we didn't have a, a junkie singer in the band because I was the singer in the band. We just had I guess, uh, just <laughs> they may they took some they took some some liberties. But I love that film and uh, to get to tell you yeah. that story is a lot of fun. Uh, so now so now small world yeah yeah. So what is uh, so what is your question for the pop oracle, John?
1: My question is, um, what. Uh, how do you decide who's gonna who's gonna take lead on on which song? Is it lyrics or um, melody, and is it uh, and and do you try each of you singing lead or? Um, and and then, you know, switch around how how often do you switch the keys?
2: So, just so you know this is not to, you you get this is not for them. They, they're not going to answer this question. This is going to be for the pop oh. oracle. We're going to randomly pick a song that's going to answer oh, right. the question. I loved how last time you asked this question, you I love how your' all your questions are about songwriting. It's yes. so so pure. Right. But this is a so this is more like a general question you'd ask the the you know, like a fortune teller. you mean the all-seeing eye? It right. could be the same question, but just sort of how you phrase it. You know what I mean? Right. Rather than um, we're not gonna get a direct answer from Cindy right, Frank.
1: Right, right.
2: Uh um. <laughs> <laughs> You're not believe me, you're, you're not t- you're only like the thousandth person that I put in this uncomfortable position. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just
1: trying to, to figure out how how to how to ask a, a better question. Um Did you pick the right song to start the first side with? And did you pick pick the right song to end the record with?
2: So did you? So the question is: Did they pick the fir, the right song to start it with and the right song to end it with? Yes. Okay. And now to engage the pop oracle, on your behalf, John, I'm going to spin the wheel of eight. Na 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 na,
0: we
3: love
0: it.
2: And it is song number six, which is Nail Gun.
0: Oh, Nail
3: Gun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Floating around the studio, grabbing <clears throat> guitars with strings, tuning in them invisibly. My tongue is a nail gun, trigger run, aiming for you. My heart is on delivery On a plane that's looking for you It's looking for you My mind is a whirlpool Looking down on a wrecking old fool I've lost no directory blind you give it everything you're breaking my fall you're breaking my fall you're breaking my sleep is a curbside I'm moving slow but I feel it all I try to meet you I try to try how does it feel when you feel all right you're breaking my fall you're breaking my fall you're breaking my You're breaking my phone You're breaking my phone You're breaking my phone
2: That was Nail gun. the answer to John Doe's question. Did <clears throat> Dead Rock West pick the best song to start their record and the best song, the right song to end their record? I assume that this was a matter of some debate. At the time of uh, setting the album order? The oh, track yes. List. Oh, yes. There were many... Co- okay, so I, I like this. We're getting a little bit of behind the scenes. What was really going on and coming up with this? So She didn't talk to me for six weeks. No. <laughs> Wait, so this was an issue between the two of you. Between So John's kind of mixing it up between the band. Is this, do you sound more and more like Brian Eno all the time?
1: No, 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 no. You know, I, at, at the point of sequencing, I... Threw my hands up and said, "That's your decision."
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'll
2: let you blow your nose. Out.
1: <laughs> Cindy's going to uh, I said he's gonna blow your
0: nose. <laughs> microphone.
2: Okay, so uh, so tell uh. so first before we get into the interpretation. Tell us a little bit about nail gun. Great song, I love it. Tell me more. Tell us a little bit about the background of like some of the origin story of the song.
0: The origin story of the song. I just I you know oh man I just can't oh. do it. Can't Frank actually wrote this song for a solo album that he put out, and I loved it so much, and I always wanted to have it turn into a Dead Rock West song. So I talked him in. Actually, I didn't talk him into it. I told him we had to do it.
2: We lost John we lost for a second, John. but he's, I'm calling him right back.
3: Hello, the pop oracle shut me down. No, oh. we're, we're, we got you back. We got you back
2: here. Um, boy, everyone, it's like a sick board in I here. Every, like, they're all... We got just dogs and sick people. It's crazy.
0: Blame it on Yikes. the South.
2: Uh so anyway, so they so they were saying that uh wait, we were you were saying that you can't tell us where it came from,
0: basically. Well, I you know, I don't know. I guess I could sit sit here and explain the whole song away, you don't have but to explain just, the whole song you know,
2: just like uh like where were you when you you said it was from an earlier record of yours?
0: I was on a couch. Yeah. And I had a coffee table in front of me, and uh,
2: it's like a scene from True Romance. I'm thinking you're Brad Pitt in True Romance. Are you like stoned while you're? Is it just coffee? or Are you smoking
0: pot too? No, no, there's none no. of that. No, 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 just a lot of sunshine and California, you know, uh-huh. good California for oxygen. Once,
3: for you mean for once in your existence there wasn't a bunch of pot being smoked.
0: You know, I got to <laughs> yeah. say that honestly, that song was was not written uh, with 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 that involved. Yeah
2: did
3: you have a okay.
2: – yeah. uh, yeah. so so when you when you say it's a uh, my tongue when you say my tongue is a nail gun it's to me i'll just say so i'm not going to ask you to describe it, it so to me it says it's talking about how you you know there's a there's a violence or a, a toughness in your language that it pierces it you know i'm coming at you with the nails of my uh, nails of truth if you will, which um, is very songwritery kind of thing. Like, I, it's a declaration of, like, look out, because I'm about to lay some potentially painful stuff.
0: Yeah, I on mean, you. sometimes, you know, things, uh, you know, uh, if you've ever shot a 16 gauge, uh, you know, the shoots, 16 gauge uh, nails, you know, 16 yeah. pennies, that thing is powerful. So it's just a good image songwriting is is about creating images, and if you said exactly what you want to say uh, in a plain sort of conversational way, chances are it's not going to make a good song. You know, not unless you're Billy Joe Shaver. Then it's going to make the greatest song you ever heard. But, you know, I mean, that's the fun thing about songs is, is uh, you know, it's about, you know, it's it's about somebody holding you up. I mean, you know, you just have to listen to the song. It's right there, you know, but, you know how it's expressed is, is in ways to sort of make that feeling, whatever the feeling one has to um, expand it, expand the feeling. And and you want to keep, the listener listening, you want to, sus- you know, you want to sustain that feeling for two and a half minutes or three, however right. long the song is. Well,
2: know. this is actually a perfect place to bring, because we're not hearing as much from you, Cindy, because you know you're not <laughs> writing right. these songs. But in a way, you like curating this episode. You, well, this song was you, written about Cindy.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So there you go. Oh. That's okay. all I'm gonna say.
2: Okay. Well, then, oh, this actually does seem to like it because there was a con, there was some con, like any band will have like oh which which songs to go first. So, uh, who got their way in the end on the songs? The song oh, order? I mean, I'm you know probably Cindy. Okay. I always get my way. (laughs) Wait, so in In the end, when you sing, when you sing (laughs) my tongue is a nail gun, are you saying that Cindy's tongue is a nail gun and she's singing from the person inside? Like sometimes when I write a song, I'll be, it's like the Randy Newman thing. You'll get inside the the character and you'll sing from from it, or you'll sing a personal thing. Do you want to divulge this? No, I don't want yeah, no, to. I know you don't want to, but will you?
0: I'm not. No, cuz the song is I'm, I'm kind of I'm sorry to be that way, but you know that's that's the re- it sort of takes away the mystery of the song. The song is it. supposed to be for you. See, that's you know that's that's what I like about songs that are really good to me is I hear it and I think that song was written for me, not for the masses, not for a whole bunch of Certain types of whatever people it's, you know, and that's the thing is for me to explain it away and and give the specifics of where it comes for me are it's it's actually not important. What's important is that I'm expressing something that other people can connect with on their own in on their own terms. That's the point. Because if I'm not doing that, I'm failing at my job.
2: Well, see, that's I and mean, that's what we're doing. We're, I'm just trying to get the actually the songwriter telling about the song is more about so we can hook in some note that maybe syncs with us. So I'll I'll bring it back. And so John, when you asked this question, you said you threw your hands up, but did you have an opinion? Because you asked this yeah, question,
3: I, um, I suggested we edit out a couple of beginnings because they seem to be similar to ones that were. Oh,
0: that was one of the were great just before yes. Or just after that's and and you know what? Yes, and also yeah, and also edited a couple of songs because of that. Um, the beginnings where they had maybe a two-bar intro where we just cut it and just went straight in to the song.
2: Oh well, that's great. I love that because I what I kept thinking about was that idea of breaking my fall. There were two things that I thought of. One, it is like the role of the producer. Like this thing is, this song is hurtling to earth through the like your your passion for your songs. Like you, you care so much about them that you don't want to, you talk so much about not wanting to talk about your songs. You must be a songwriter because that's they're the only we're the only people that do that. And so like this passion is just like hurtling towards earth, and then it. It's the producer's role to sort of like find some way to like uh, break the fall so it can actually land someplace and, and, and be experienced by the, by the listener. That was the one thing. And then I was just thinking of like breaking, like when you oh breaking like the records were our records breaking in the fall. Or did was this was the release a fall release? I'm just kind of curious. No. August. August. Yes. Oh, so it's a Leo like me. That's right. OK. No, it's, it's, a, it's a very no, that, Leo 9 record.
3: Yeah, that's, actually, so, that's so deep. That's so deep. I, 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 I wish that we, I wish that we had some, some deep thoughts like that.
2: Well, you know, that's it's a new kind I, of session I, I, musician. I, I, you can bring me into the gig. I'll have the deep thoughts for you, and then yeah, yeah, I'll sit in the corner right. and have deep thoughts like Magic Alex I might, or something. I
3: might do that. Uh,
2: so, so, uh, as far as the, since you know the inside of this, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting getting it that I'm not going to get these folks to divulge anything which is fine I love it it's dancing with artists but since you know do you feel like that song answered the question for you John
3: uh not really no because I I think they they did um they did start it with the right song which was uh more love
0: but we were right? yeah but with more yeah. Love? yeah but we weren't it, initially it took a little a little settling time so that was yeah. the one that you were fighting for, Cindy? Uh, oh, to begin the record? To begin record. the record? Uh, yes. You know, yeah. I don't know. The way I remember it is Cindy and I both don't want to decide, you know.
1: <laughs> well, they, <laughs> they, so they, your they mouth may be a be. nail
2: gun, but your mind is a little bit less directive?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, that could be that Lord. true. <laughs> so you are going to
2: say something, John? Uh,
3: no, I, I just that would have been like a terrible song to start the record with though. Yeah. Nailgun. I'm, really yeah. I'm I'm really glad yes, I'm really glad that Nailgun did not start the
0: record. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're Dead Rock West. Let's bring you down before we even bring you down.
3: That's I
0: told you. That's how <laughs> wait,
2: that's that's my ethos for this show. I always start the show by bringing it down before we bring it down. Um and yeah. you know the Doors, you know, I mean think going back to Ray Manzarek, Eric, like there's a way like and actually just being serious about your music. I think that's part of what I enjoy so much about it is that it, there is this deep dark, like this noir quality to it. It's like, that's why I'm saying it's, it's easy. Like again, musically it feels easy, but it does not feel light at one for one second. Uh, it has this depth and this spookiness, and you know this times when it reminds me of the that uh, robert plant allison krauss record that like that sort of groovy, dark soulful singing thing um mm-hmm. and so i you know it, it there is that <clears throat> like you joke about it, like we bring it down, but I think that's what i think and even uh, i think maybe uh. Who was our first guest? Jesse? Jesse Dayton. Jesse Dayton. He was talking about that, about how what you do evokes a feeling and that uh, that it, it wouldn't be like, I think there's something that when you're working at that subtle level of creating a feeling, it really is that you need to have that depth and that darkness, which again is something that I think John Doe as a songwriter knows a little bit of something about. So it makes it, it's a very it's it makes sense the collaboration here. That's for sure. Yeah.
3: Well, I think I, I think actually the the uh, Dead Rock West uh, Cindy and Frank are just working their way through uh, L.A. songwriters as producers. You know, they did Peter <laughs> Case, and they did me. Next thing they'll do, like I don't know, Steve Wynn or you know some some other dude from the '80s. <laughs> They're just working their way through L.A. songwriters. Glenn Ballard, look out.
2: Is that, is that who you're looking for? Yeah. You wanna make you want to put it out there? Who your who your dream producers after My, John? Our like, dream
0: producers? Uh, you know, I, don't, I haven't even thought about it. Yeah. There's always the Holy Trinity. I just want to write more songs. John, did you ever Peter, a... John, and Dave Elvis. Yeah. Oh, if, yeah. If we're going oh, like, yeah. yeah, you know, to do it. It's our Holy Trinity. Yeah, that, that makes sense.
2: Know, yeah. John, is there a producer that you always wanted to work with that maybe you never got the chance to or—
3: Mm-hmm. you know every time someone asks me that I, I just completely uh it goes out of my head but um any any ideas that i might have had uh that abandoned me do you, um, here, okay here's this. I, um, I just worked with i i just worked with butch big and and that was that was really interesting um so yeah i'd like to work with him again
0: can you tell us about that
3: session john i no, we'll, we'll that's that's we'll do that just you and me. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. We well we you know, the, the the short version is is that, is that Shirley uh Manson and Xene and I um uh, and then um and then Duke, who's the guitar player in Garbage, we, we all kinda wrote this murder ballad and recorded it and it turned out pretty good, I think. Oh. I mean I haven't heard the end the end product, but it, it was it was great. It was good fun.
2: Wow. Well, uh yep. That's that's great. Shirley Manson's been on the show. Yep. You've now you've been on the show and coming up very soon we're going to have vaccine on the show. So, uh that's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, <clears throat> it's great to have you know, you know, we, right after we had you on last time, I was trying to find a way to to do a show with you and it 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 almost happened if I was willing to to fly to LA to record a show on like Christmas or December, like there was who was crazy. You were in LA for just like Christmas Eve. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
2: uh, but uh, one of these that days, eventually, we'll yeah. we'll have you in the in, as the as the the uh, purveyor of our oracle fodder. But until then, uh, just thanks a lot for for everything you do and for being on the show and for helping break the fall of this band as it meteorically crashed to earth and. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to you know let us know before we let you go?
3: I love Frank and Cindy and I love Dead Rock West and they're a great band. Everybody should buy their record.
0: John, we can I say you, one Jess. thing? Just one. No. I just what? want to say one thing to you.
3: I go love ahead. you. <laughs> I love you.
2: Oh. <laughs> I think Batman just came in here and told him, told you that he loves (laughs) you. Thanks, John.
3: (laughs) Thank you, Johnny.
2: Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball.